Hey everybody, it's Brandon here, and as we get the final pieces put together to bring you Freelance to Founder in a weekly format, I've got one more story, one more episode from the archives. It's Sean McCabe of the Sean West brand, and his story of moving from washing windows to building a seven-figure business, teaching others how to build tremendous online courses, how to find focus, and how to meet their target audience the right way is an important one to listen to. Enjoy this one, and we'll see you in May. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses, and you can do the same in order to learn real-life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance. To grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash freelance. Or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. I think there are two things you can't delegate. That's voice and vision. Everything else, eventually, you can and should delegate. Your voice is, you know, it's it's your message. And maybe you can delegate the distribution of that or different mediums, how that comes out, whether it's a blog post, a video, audio, a newsletter. But the vision is, is also yours. You, you have the perspective of the future. You, you understand the big picture. That's not something you can or should delegate. But everything else, I think you should. For Milo, I'm Brandon Hull, and this is Freelance to Founder. Welcome to Season 2, where we've handcrafted a special collection of founder stories just for you. This season, we bring you a series of former freelancers who challenge some preconceived notions about the path to entrepreneurship. Some have found success with skills or expertise that are very unique, maybe skills you would think would be hard to build a business around. Others have done so with a balance of family time while pursuing their passion, in some cases including their family in the business. In this first episode, we bring you Sean McCabe. Say hi to Sean, everyone. That's him you heard just a few moments ago talking about delegation. Sean grew up in a unique family environment that encouraged study. But just how unique was it? Well, you're about to find out from him. He loved music, was a voracious reader, and he found ways here and there to make money as a teenager. He ultimately discovered a love for hand leather and checked out of his full-time job to pursue a business in design. But can you make real money with hand lettering? 
Well, you're going to learn about Sean's business mindset and a few of the principles and direct lessons Sean applied to make incredible things happen as we walk you through his story. But let's hold on one last second. Before we talk about how and why Sean Wes, and I say that in air quotes, is successful today, we need to go back to his beginning. Because you know what? Though we can't do much for your upbringing at this point, how about your kids or your nieces and nephews or youth that you mentor? They're counting on someone to foster the right attributes in them, right? Paint a little bit of a a picture here. I am the oldest of 13 kids, uh, a total of nine boys and four girls. We were all homeschooled. So from a very young age, you know, my my mom, my parents taught us, but uh, we were very encouraged to learn on our own. And certainly with that many kids, uh, you know, you you kind of have to do some self-initiated stuff. And we certainly did get personal attention, but it's not all the time, like if there was just one kid. And so we were encouraged to read. We were encouraged to learn. I was a voracious reader, read every book in the house at least once, and was always borrowing books, bringing them home from the library. And I, I think if, if there's anything that homeschooling really did for me is it taught me to love learning. And I think if you love to learn, there's nothing that's unattainable for you. Seriously, who doesn't love a young kid who just loves to learn like that? I'm nearly wiping away a tear just picturing young Sean devouring the classics in literature, or important how-to books, or everything he can get his hands on, maybe even fighting over the one last copy of some great book that he had in his family with one of his siblings. But listen, not every story starts and ends with such vision, right? Sean had to grind in the early years just like all of us. His early jobs, including repairing computers, mowing lawns, washing windows, but he never felt college was the right path for him, and he dropped out. Though it was much to the chagrin of his parents, they were also very supportive, and it was sitting atop a ladder painting where he had his epiphany. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. 
with the Hydro Rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. I started out, my first job was mowing lawns. So I was doing that most days of the week, pretty much full time. Um, after that, I was uh, washing windows and that was full time, 50 hours a week. And the highest up I ever was was three stories because that's what our insurance limit was. But uh, it's pretty high. It's pretty high up, you know, and it was at the top of a 32 foot ladder. This house next to a lake, you know, the, the ground sloped down from the base of the house into the lake. And there was a, a window at the top of this three-story house that we had to get to. And this time we had to pull the 32-foot ladder off the truck, which almost never gets taken off. We, we prop it up, we make it to the top of this three-story building, and then there's a, a window that's 10 feet above the roof. He says, okay, we'll, we'll just bring the four-foot ladder up and I'll hold the base while you get the window. Of course, it was me. And of course, he was on the 32-foot ladder while holding the four-foot ladder uh, on which I was standing on the part that says, do not stand, uh, with my arm extended as far as it would go to wipe off the few remaining drops from the corner of the window. And it was about that moment where I started rethinking some of my decisions. So Sean officially turned in his four-foot and 32-foot ladders for good. He didn't yet give up a full-time day job, but he gave up washing windows. How did he get his start, then, with hand lettering? It, it was honestly meeting someone who was a fellow designer. They were in town in San Antonio, asked me if I, I could go out to coffee with them. And they ended up talking about hand lettering, drawing letters by hand. You know, think of like the Coca-Cola logo. It's not a font. It's handcrafted. And I was like, I love doing that. Back in, you know, grade school, I would I would doodle on my homework. You know, I, I'd uh, spend more time writing fancy letters on the lesson title than the actual homework. And I, I said, I just didn't know there was, I didn't know that was called something. Like, I didn't know there was such a thing as typography or lettering. Um, and he said, well, if you enjoy doing it, just, just create. And looking back, it seems kind of strange, but it's as if he gave me permission you know, I was like, yeah, you know, everything else I'd done up to that point was, you know, yeah, maybe I kind of like it, but it was as if it had to be something that could be a business or could make money or sustain me. And at the time, I thought, of course, hand lettering is not one of those things. Um, but, you know, I was like, OK, yeah, I'll just start creating, you know, cool. So in my nights and weekends, I started just drawing hand lettering on the side, I had a day job the whole like you know 10 hours normal work but I would come home and spend like, 
I kid you not, six to eight hours a day, or a night rather, drawing letters. And, you know, I didn't watch Netflix. I didn't go out with friends. I didn't go drinking. I didn't play video games. Just literally didn't. Um, kind of feel like I missed out in a way, but I gave all that up. I was spending six to eight hours, six to eight hours a night drawing letters. And I was posting my work online and showing up every day, sharing this stuff. But after two years, for two years, just showing up every day, posting my work, no one really seemed to care. Like it was, it was as if nobody cared. And I wasn't doing it for the recognition. I really did enjoy it. But um, it was as if a, a light switch flipped on two years in after showing up every day, people just started noticing it. They were like, you know, can I get prints of your work? Can I get t-shirts? You know, can you do custom designs? And, you know, I, I had the day job going, so I didn't need any of the money that I made from taking on these commissions. So I started taking on jobs, getting bigger and bigger jobs, working with companies like Rachel Ray Magazine, um, doing jobs for the city of Las Vegas, like a business to business ad campaign design. Um, making great money. I saved it all up. I put it into products, doing big runs of t-shirts with the designs people liked. The shirt sold out, sold out again. Um, next thing you know, like I'm, I'm making enough money from this thing that it's like I didn't really need the day job anymore. And, and almost at the same time, my partner said, you know, we entered like a dry spell around the holidays. He said, I think I'm going to get another job. And I'm, I'm left here sit, sitting here looking at the situation like, well, I can get another job or I can try and take this thing full time. Now, when you hear Sean tell this part of the story, I want you to pay careful attention to what he says about how he sized up the opportunity as a business and how it expanded while still a freelance pursuit. I mean, we're talking about hand lettering, am I right? That's how Sean saw it too, until he just started creating. I definitely had those thoughts. Is this possible? Could I actually take this full time? But um, it was less of a, a leap, you know, like it was, a, it was a risk, but it was a calculated risk, right? Because it was already producing revenue. It wasn't just a hope. Um, but yeah, I was making great money. Um, for myself just as a freelancer, but it was when I started getting a half a dozen emails a day from people asking how to do this and, you know, answering them, putting up a guide on my site, hundreds of thousands of people reading the guide in a year. I'm like, there's a big interest here. Like this is a, a small niche, but the people in this niche are like very into this, very interested. Art uh, Artists, they, they have this starving artist mentality, you know, like it's a uh, it's, it's so prevalent in the industry, but I had come from this unique place where my, my background was in business and I knew, like I'd worked with clients for many years before then. I knew how to price, I knew how to do design contracts, negotiate licensing agreements. Um, I, I understood the pieces that artists didn't get even in school, or maybe they didn't go to school, like they didn't get the, the practical business skills they needed to succeed in the real world. And so I, I'm identifying, this is my sweet spot. Like, this is where I'm coming from. I can help people with that. I can bridge the gap here. So, Sean's designs are selling. He's a hero among men, women, and children. Right? Well, not necessarily. 
He's making an income from his hand lettering business, and that's nothing to shake a stick at. But he also saw a bigger business opportunity unfolding right before his eyes. But it's a, it's a scary thing, going full-time from a freelance business. Maybe you've been there. It's one thing to make a second income. It's another thing entirely to live off your creative work. Here's how Sean evaluated the situation. That, that's when I decided to make a course to help people, uh, help artists specifically, make a living with their art. And so many other classes in that space were, you know, how to draw, how to, how to, how to create. And I'm coming in with a completely different value proposition. Like, I'm saying make a living as a hand lettering artist. And the price point also reflected that. I mean, I came in and priced this 10 to 20 times higher than anything in the market. And normally you're looking at competitors. How much should I charge? You know, what's everyone else charging? Um, but long story short, you know, I, I, I didn't know that much about marketing at the time. So once again, I might have dropped out of college, but my education was self-perpetuated. Like it, it continued, you know, I'm buying books, I'm reading, I'm listening, watching, learning at a Bluetooth speaker in my shower, like every second of the day, like I'm, I'm utilizing it. And so I produced this course when it comes time to launch it, I apply everything that I know to it. And because of the price point, it only took a few hundred people buying the course to result in six figures of sales in just the first few days of launching it. All right, all right, let's recap here. Sean McCabe develops an interest in hand lettering. And because he doesn't dabble in anything in life, he goes full bore into everything. And yes, there's a lesson right there for you. His interest becomes an expert skill. That skill generates significant side income for him as he takes on noteworthy clients across the USA. Something we'd all love to have happen, and for some folks, that's sufficient right there. For Sean, though, that side income makes him think about going full-time with hand lettering, and what if he could teach other people to do what he's done for the last couple of years? That light bulb moment turns into Sean creating an online course teaching others how to make a living as a hand lettering artist, a course that immediately generates six figures for him. Now we're talking real money, and here's the takeaway. Sometimes it's not the first idea we have that takes us from freelancers to founders. It's what we do with those sparks of inspiration that come after and because we've launched the first idea. But we can't all rush out and create online courses, right? What about that, Sean? I, I, I find a lot of people assume that if you're going to make a living at something, your income has to come from a single source. When really most people who are doing their own thing and, and sustaining themselves have diversified sources of income. And so there, there's a lot of different ways that you can set that up. And if you focus, you know, you don't want to try and build all these income streams at the same time. But if you focus, you can build up these assets one at a time that continue to serve you. There's so many different ways with your art you could make a living, whether it's custom commission pieces, selling your own products, leading workshops, producing a course to share what you've learned, like selling your resources, licensing agreements, getting royalty checks every quarter. I mean, it's very possible. And, and I was living proof. Maybe just the way I came into the art world gives me a different perspective because I'd, I'd come into it from, the, from working with clients. So I knew the selling power that my art had. Like when you go into Target and you see a, a, 
a lunchbox. The kid says, mommy, mommy, I want the lunchbox. It's not a plain tin metal lunchbox. It's a lunchbox with a cartoon that he recognizes. You know, the, the manufacturers can't sell a plain tin lunchbox. It doesn't sell. Your art holds the selling power. And so many designers, artists don't understand this. They don't, they don't understand the business side of it because they, they haven't been in that, that place. They're not in the, the business owner's mindset. They don't understand how valuable it is. They don't know how to back that up with the terms. They, they, don't, they, they, they sell all of the rights to their designs. They, they get a flat rate and they're done and the company goes on to sell it again and again again. It's like everyone's thinking, oh, I'm going to be a sellout if I make money from my art. But how else are you going to continue to make your art? You know, and it's, uh, it's, it's, well, crab mentality, right? You know, you got crabs in a bucket. Any one of them could escape if it weren't for the other crabs trying to pull them back down. Because if, if you see your neighbor crab start from the bottom of the bucket and get out and escape and, and forge their own path, what does it tell you? It tells you it's possible. Feel any goosebumps on that last one? Yeah, me too. Sean McCabe, the freelance designer, gradually emerged as the leader of the Sean West brand with numerous employees and products. Today, he's focused on helping people like you and me build our freelance businesses into full-time endeavors. He's got the Sean West podcast, the membership community, the conference, and at the time of this podcast, six different courses on building and nurturing an audience for your products and services. Now you see why delegation is so important to him, huh? The problem is, he still sees too many people throwing in the towel too soon as they move from freelance to founder. Listen to what he says about why that is here in a moment and whether this ever applies to you. I also want you to pay attention to what he teaches about his own fears when transitioning from the hand lettering guy to the online business building guy. I no longer do hand lettering full time. I've got uh, a team of eight people. We've got a, a large community of entrepreneurs, uh, an in-person conference we, we have in Austin, Texas every year. Like it's, 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 so, it's so much bigger now. Like we, we help people build their businesses. But as I was sharing what I learned through the process of making a living from my own thing in, in different ways with different sources of revenue, sharing the process, podcasting, writing, um, I found that people in different industries were able to apply the same principles and see success. It wasn't just in this one little niche. That, that's when I started realizing, you know what? I want to help people. Because we, we hear stuff like, do what you love, pursue your passion. And I think those are, they're well-meaning pieces of advice. Um, but the person, however inspired or motivated they might be hearing these things, they're left wondering, how do I actually do this? When it, when it really comes down to it, do I just quit my day job? Do I, do I hope it all works out? We, we know people who have quit their job, pursued their passion, and ended up broke, and they've had to go back. And then they have this story of, I tried it and it didn't work, and they're more likely to stay stuck and kill, just kill the passion. You know? And I didn't want that for people. I wanted, I wanted to help them preserve the passion. And... So, I, you know, just sharing all of this stuff, iterating in public as I went, you know, here's what's working, here's what's not. And just hearing incredible things back from people saying, this is, this has helped me. I, I've, I've been able to get financial freedom. I got out of the soul sucking day job. And as much as I loved the act of 
drawing letters, like that really was fulfilling for me, helping other people get unstuck and, and just see the results they've been able to get. That's been even more fulfilling for me. And so, you know, I, I know my, my mission, my path is to demystify what it takes to, to build and grow an audience-driven business. But where, where I felt stuck, where I felt concerned and worried was people already know me for this other thing. They've are, they're, they're putting me in a box. You know, we've talked already about the art stuff. And, you know, w- when you say something so random and specific as hand lettering, immediately it's memorable. You know, oh, I remember that podcast with the hand lettering guy. And, I'm, you know, I'm like, well, you know, my story's evolved since then. That was what I did years ago, but I felt limited. Like, how can I, you know, te- how can I teach business? Are people going to really trust me? Someone that I feel I will always be known as a hand lettering artist, even though there's there's so much more to the story now. I felt like that was going to hold me back. And it wasn't until some years later that I realized it, that actually ended up being the greatest benefit to me because you come online and you realize there's a lot of people teaching other people how to make money online when the only way they've made money themselves is by teaching other people how to make money online. <laughs> it's this recursive thing that like people get really turned off by. And for me, I had this real life case study to back up my experience. Here's this thing where I spent 9,000 hours getting good at a skill, working with clients, selling physical products, marketing them, teaching, leading workshops, you know, like all of these things. It's, it's a real life case study that backs me up. And it, it took me a long time to see that. Uh, but once I did, I, I certainly felt a lot better, but yeah, I was concerned at first. Well, he's a few years into this now, and Sean has learned more lessons about why people stumble after starting something while still managing a day job. He calls this process overlap. It can be stressful trying to perform at your best during the day, but still have your freelance work or side project waiting for you at home. How do you do it? That's what Sean aims to help people tackle next. He literally wrote the book on overlap. As a side note, Freelance to Founder listeners, if you hop onto his email list before the book officially launches in September 2017, you'll get a free audio version of that book. You know, in, in my scenario, like I look back and I see that there's always been this theme of overlapping from one thing to the next. You got your stable thing, the day job, the foundation, financial foundation that you pay your bills from. And then the thing that's kind of filling in the creative void, the thing on the side. And how do you how do you go from where you are to where you want to be? How do you turn that side passion into a sustainable business without quitting the day job? It's not the things that you think. It's not the things that I necessarily want to talk about. Like, I want to talk about the practical stuff. Like, here's the nitty gritty, like the, the business, the numbers, the logic of it. Like, do this, do that. And certainly the book delivers on that. But what holds people back more often, I found through many conversations, hundreds of conversations, is things like, my family doesn't believe in me. Or... I, I don't have enough time in the day or I'm, I, I have a hard time focusing. I, I, I have time, but I don't get anything done. I, I'm staring at the blank page. The cursor is just blinking. You know, I don't know what to say. Like Bill Gates is quoted as saying, we overestimate what we're able to accomplish in a year, but we underestimate what we're able to accomplish in 10 years. 
You have to earn the right to play the long game. You've got to cover your short-term expenses. You do have to focus on the now to make sure you make it to that point. And that's the story of Sean McCabe of the Sean West brand. We'll be back next episode with Clay Mosley of Rock City Digital. My first month of being self-employed and I made like four or $5,000. That's a good living no matter what. And I was like, sweet. But you know what though? Like that second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth month, I was, no joke, it was like I was ramen noodling it. You can subscribe to our show and listen to the entirety of seasons one and two at freelancetofounder.com. If you enjoyed this story, can I ask a favor? Will you head over to iTunes and leave a review? Your feedback from season one was super and it helps us improve the show. Ratings and reviews are also the way other freelancers find the show on iTunes. Thanks for listening. For Millo, I'm Brandon Hull. Join us next time.